Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 119 of the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716. Make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. Content, podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. It's a takeover at built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. Of course, I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? Witty Nation, the podcast sensation. Witty Nation, the localization. They gab and bitch and joke and talk of all the Bills hot guys. Then on Sunday, all the nation can listen in front of the cross. Witty Nation, not funny sports podcast. Matt, hello. What's Hi. up? What's going on? What was that from? I Matt, that is a parody of the Bewitched theme song. I was gonna say, was it a TV show theme song? I was thinking something from TGIF, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and that was obviously wrong. So, yep, Bewitched predated the likes of TGIF for sure. Really, I think of it as Nick at Night. There was a Nick at Night commercial that did parody itself, the Bewitched theme song, and it was like Bewitched, Bewitched, the theme song with a twitch. And so, really, this is a parody of that parody. Parody of the parody. Aligning the We're iconic. We're inceptioning ourselves. We are. We're inceptioning ourselves into Nick and Knight, into Bewitched. Perfect. A classic Although, show. Elizabeth Montgomery's oh, Finest Hour. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Bewitched classic show. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say a classic movie, but not really with Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman. Um, you know, I think it's underrated. I, I have, no, I have okay. no problems with Bewitched, the movie. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's there. Tony, I thought a great theme song while you're singing the Bewitch theme song because I while well, I was yeah, bewitching you. While you were bewitching me, inceptioning and bewitching me. I thought a great theme song and maybe what you could go with next week, or maybe as we talk about the Bills off season, we get into the Bills off season here, a parody of the step by step theme song. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> because the Bills are building step by step. It's a step by step process. Well, geez, how tall is this staircase? This is insane. Oh, it is tall. The step by step process of the fucking Empire State Building here. Speaking of television shows, Tony, there was a big one on this week. Some say it's the most watched television show throughout the year, the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I was about to be like, some say, like, this is easily provable. Who's. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, Super Bowl, like, oh, this all makes sense. Yes. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38 35 in what was, I thought, a really good game. Mm hmm. Up until the final moments when the refs had to decide yeah. to cash in their gambling debts and let the Chiefs win. 
what are your thoughts about the Super Bowl? What did what did you think watching it? Did you just enjoy the game for what it was? Did you think about man, like I did, like I thought about man, the Bills are offensively so far away from these teams. Yes, yes, um, that's what I thought. That's kind of how my mental state was during the game. <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy it. What what did you think of the the Super Bowl and and what are your thoughts about? the bills after watching the super bowl my thoughts on the bills are you know where am i on dorsey's play calling and just kind of thinking how much patience am i going to have as this develops uh, and will it ever develop into the kind of offense that we watched the night of super bowl sunday it remains to be seen but i can be cautiously optimistic and cautiously pessimistic about it but, but i did think like whew, man like why don't we just take a page out of these books and make our offense look like this? Like, I just don't understand it because it seems like we should be able to, but we don't. In that sense, it was a little disheartening. I agree. 58 minutes of it was a really good game uh, that I generally enjoyed. We had some pretzel bites. So we, I enjoyed those. Just some pub. We didn't break them out until a little bit later. No, had no pub mix. We don't keep pub mix in the house. Pub mix is only for special occasions. Of course. And then, yeah, I thought at the end of the game, I'm like, immediately, I'm just like, this will define this game. This is all anybody's going to remember. And it is. I'm like, this ref is insane for making that call. And I am offended by it just as a sports fan that that ref made that call, that egregious abuse of power. And I'm like, that ref's life. I mean, that ref's life has got to be that of the ref in Rat Race. I immediately went to Rat Race. As as one does, as one does, yes, or anything, or most because life is a most things in life. Life is a rat race, and the movie Rat Race, I would say, is a solid allegory for life itself. Absolutely, it's beauty and beauty within its confusion. But really, I mean, his life must be that. Like, I can only imagine what the guy was going through just when he went to the supermarket the next day. It's insane. Like, it's insane that he did that to himself. And to all of us, to to himself and to the world. I'm just of the mindset that in no way should a sporting event, regardless of the stakes, whether it be the, the highest of stakes in the Super Bowl or a meaningless regular season game, no sporting event should ever be determined by a referee call unless it is completely egregious. And yes, it was a holding call in the Eagles put on a PR masterclass after the game, not blaming the refs and not getting fined and keeping their cool about it with, I think it was Gardner Johnson admitting who committed the foul or the holding call admitting it was a holding call, uh, which is kind of unheard of in this day and age of players agreeing with refs and not blaming refs or calling out refs in any way. But Uh I just look at stuff like that and I'm like, that happens probably 80% 80% of the plays, something ticky tacky like that, like a little tug of the jersey or, you know, they they bump them over five yards, like something that warrants a holding call or a pass interference call. It's got to happen 80% of the time. So like in that moment, unless it's unless the wide receiver is getting hugged and is completely unable to catch the ball, you can't play God and determine the outcome of this game was which is what they what they did like they had to know when that call was made that the game was over like if we make this call in this moment in time the Chiefs are going to kick a field goal and win the game automatic first down uh-huh. time they run the clock out it also goes to my point last week of 
the Chiefs are extremely good and talented, and nobody is faulting that. And I was so sick of the rhetoric after the game, especially from Travis Kelsey, of like, nobody believed in us at the start of the season. I'm like, what are you talking about? Give me like, a little. I'm pretty, yeah, what a load of I'm shit. Pretty, I'm pretty sure like every media pundit, you know, source, whatever, had you guys as like a top three favorite to win the right. Super Bowl. Just because right. you lost Tyreek Hill. Took nothing away from your favorability in terms of winning the Super Bowl. It was you, the Bills, the Bengals. Like it, it's the same five teams, right? Eagles and the Niners. All this nobody believed in us crap was crazy. But fantasy world. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantasy world. Which which brings me to my point of I'm kind of glad it's playing out this way because throughout this. Let's just say the McDermott Bean era when the Bills have been actually contenders and have been close to this Super Bowl level. Even though the Chiefs are kind of the hurdle we can't get over, I never really had disdain for them as much as I did during the drought for the for the Patriots. Of course. They didn't have anybody like to dislike or they never played villain. Like the biggest people on the Chiefs that were dislikable were Brittany Mahomes and J- or Brittany. Is it Mahomes? I don't even know. I don't even know if she took his name. Uh, Patrick I think Mahomes, that's fair to say. And, Jack- and Jackson Mahomes. Like, those were the two worst people who you had to hate, and they weren't even part of the game. Like, none of the Chiefs players played the villain role very well. Travis Kelsey just went WWE on it, stepped right up, and is playing the heel <laughs> to a T. So I'm kind of glad because now I'm like, I kind of don't like them. I never liked them yep. before because the Bills, just because the Bills couldn't beat them. Now I don't like them because they're right. kind of jerks. Yeah. And I feel like this is the perfect scenario playing out, like to back that up in that Travis Kelsey is going to host that Saturday Night Live. That underscores it all. That just highlights that we're supposed to like him, but it's impossible to do so. Right. From our perspective, just like a Patriot. Which, yeah, exactly. Just like a, a Patriot player, a la Tom Brady, who also hosted SNL. But it goes to our point, Tony, right. of, if the Bills did shit. win a Super Bowl, and you always ask me, like, do you think Josh Allen could host? I kind of think that's in play now. Oh, I always thought it was in play. I think all it he takes is one ring, and he is getting the call. I think so, too, which would be mm-hmm. awesome. Like, it makes – I wanted the Bills to win the Super Bowl my whole life, obviously, but now it's like, and Josh Allen could host SNL. Like, come on, got to get it done. Now's the time, Brian right. Bean. Right. You have to. Well, he's young you and to. dumb and popular. It's kind of mind-boggling, even, that, like, of all the Chiefs, Kelsey is who they go with. Like, I don't know. Like, what did they – it's just surprising. Like, what did they see in him that makes them think, this is who we got to put in sketch comedy? Because, like I said, he went went wrestler with it. Like, he – Oh, that's what you think it is? Boisterous. Yeah. It's not like we see him – it's not like we see him on commercials and, like, making jokes and stuff. Like, at least Mahomes has a background of humor. In those footlocker commercials. I I disagree. I think like you look at these players, let's put them head to head. Mahomes versus Kelsey. If you're a comedy writer looking at those two guys, what is who's an easier person to write material for or sketches? Mahomes, I think. I think it's Kelsey because he's kind of a bumbling doofus idiot like Gronk. Gronk never hosted SNL, but look at those USAA commercials. He is hilarious in those because he plays dumb i think as a comedy mm-hmm. writer yeah he's dumb. dumb he is dumb <laughs> that's an argument worth happening but i think if you're Come a comedy on. writer <laughs> you see kelsey who's kind of an doofus 
it seems like. He's mm-hmm. out there yelling, you got to fight for your right to party, whatever that means. Old Beastie Boys lyrics pulling it out of nowhere. <laughs> and you see this like kind of doofy guy. I think that's that's easy for comedic writers and sketch actors to to play off of. I, I'm not surprised by this. Okay. If you Home think so. What do you th- now, how, how familiar? Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't think he does seem stiff, actually. No. I can't think of any proof to that. I think he seems pretty loose, loosey-goosey. Yeah. You know, like I said with the Foot Locker commercials, I thought he looked especially loose when he was sharing the golf cart with Josh at last year's um the, the match. The, the match, yeah. Yeah, and like, like Mahomes brought more beers, and so like Josh was like having his beers and stuff. Mahomes seemed a lot more down-to-earth than I would have guessed in that experience. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. Down-to-earth right. does not equal... Does not equal comedic gold, though. You gotta have the right personality and character. No characteristics. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So, but um, again, then I sink it back to the Foot Locker. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Put <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco in there. Sure. Other than that, like like I said, the game was good. Uh, hopefully, you listened to listeners last week to our prop bets. I did want to mention recall one prop bet that we told you put a second mortgage on the over under two and a half dogs in commercials bet. When we said put a second oh, yeah. mortgage uh-huh. on the over, there was about 20 commercials with dogs in it. <laughs> that was Every the easiest win ever. There was even a whole commercial about a movie about stray dogs. Uh-huh. So let me it ask you this, man. All kinds of ways, but mm-hmm. what's what's the audience for so that I... movie? I don't know. <laughs> what's the audience for Kelsey on SNL? I don't know. People that like USAA mm-hmm. commercials, I guess. Matt, let me ask you this. If it's not going to be Josh, so not Josh, who do you think, like you said, who can comedy writers write for? Which bill can comedy writers most write for? Not Josh. What are the parameters here? Is this like somebody who is, because to host SNL, you need a certain status level. You need to be a, a face no, of no the NFL. Parameters. Like, no, parameters. no parameters. So this I'm is, picking this any is, bill. This is Mad TV. Yeah. <laughs> Mad TV was decent. Okay. Mad TV gets a <laughs> I know bad Mad TV decent. Yeah, I know. A lot of good stuff coming out of Mad TV. If I could pick one bill that would host SNL, not named Josh Allen, hmm, that's a good question. Do you, do you have a name that you would pick while I think about this? Yes, I think I do. Okay. I think I, th- I, I think would I do, go. But I just came up with it. Can I, can I give but, you kind yeah. of a, a, cur- a curveball here? Okay. He's in our, in our opening theme. I'm going to go with Dawson Knox. I you think just, he has great comedic timing. You just think, a very you funny just think guy. tight ends... Are funny. This is all yes, tight ends. Maybe I do. You like tight ends. Maybe I do. I love tight ends. But he is very charismatic. His celebrations. I, saw, I, with I would Josh have bet you would have said that. Yeah. Are very pop yeah. culture y. Whenever yeah. he's interviewed, he's he very seems charismatic. To make a joke or throw a quip in there somehow. I think Dawson Knox would be a, of a good kind of out of left field pick to host SNL. Yeah. Okay. Who are you going to choose? Von Miller. Well, okay. It seems so obvious. Well, Do you think Vaughn's funny, I didn't though? Him, yes. I didn't choose him because of his pedigree. I chose him because he's very charismatic, million-dollar smile, good at jokes, yes. really high-energy talker and public speaker. Yes. So he could he he could really command a room or a studio or a studio 8H. His, his presence would be commanding. It would. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I just don't know if Vaughn's so funny. Takes. But maybe that's the best kind of host is funny people playing off of a non-funny person trying to be funny no i don't know no i think you want fun like to me who's 
Who's the gold standard of athlete hosting SNL? Peyton Manning. Yeah, I agree. 100% Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is funny. Yeah, very funny. So there, so that's who you're trying to aspire. I think I think Von Miller has it. I think Von Miller is a can be a goofier funny. I think Von Miller's like, I'm gonna give sound effects, I'm gonna laugh through things. Peyton Manning is more of a dry humor. Yeah, Peyton's definitely a dry humor. But for sure. Yeah, but that's that's you know, you got writers for a reason. Get them going. Right. Peyton going. Von Miller's like an Ashton Kutcher kind of funny. No. Oh, I'd love to see a, a punked with Von Miller. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Uh-huh. Was Wasn't there an athlete that was gonna do like a punt, like on the yeah, OJ Simpson? <laughs> oh, was it? Is that who it was? Yeah, the show was uh, going to be called. Oh yeah, Juiced. Juiced. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which would have been get him hosting SNL. He's available. Amazing. He, he is available, mm-hmm. and he thinks he's funny. He, Could you I, imagine? He was Could you funny imagine the gun. sketches they would write if if OJ walked into Studio Eight H and said free reign. You have free reign to write sketches. <laughs> the The material they could come up with could, would be all time, I think. Yeah, oh, I agree. Remember amazing. like when Jimmy Fallon and Jerry Seinfeld appeared together, both as Jerry Seinfeld? I would love to see oh, yeah. a Tim Robbins come back and mirror the real OJ. Tim Meadows? Tim Meadows, yeah. Yes, Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows is come what back I as OJ. Yes. Tim Robbins is a great actor in, in, in his own right. Absolutely. Get him hosting SNL, too. Why not come back to our Tim Robbins? So good Super as a Bowl, guest. high offense of production from both teams. The thing is, like, and we could talk about this, like, as we talk about the Bills, like watching this game as well, it makes you realize, like, kind of how far behind the Bills' offense was, despite the fact that they regularly put up week after week the same amount of points as these two teams did. Like these two mm-hmm. teams were thirty-eight and thirty-five points the two best teams in the league pretty easily. Like it never looked like a struggle in any way to either of these guys. The Chiefs had literally two touchdowns where the guy was wide open and nobody was in a 20 yard radius from, yeah. from the receiver who scored. The bills would put up 30, 35 points would put up at least 30 on a regular, but it always looked like a struggle. And I was just thinking like watching this game, could you imagine if it wasn't a struggle for the Bills? Like they're putting up 30 points plus, you know, on a normal basis. I think they did it like the last seven out of 10 games in the regular season. They did it in the playoffs as well, but it never passed the eye test. It always looked like a struggle for them. Can you imagine if it, it was as easy as it looked for the Chiefs and the Eagles in this game as it was <laughs> like it looked for the Bills? They could put up like 40, 40. Like, I don't know. I was just. That was one of my two cents about the game. Well, yeah, because to speak to your point, like what I'm seeing is no one on the Chiefs emerged as like this was their game. It's like no one deserved MVP. Like they scored all those yeah. points. Mahomes, 182 yards. Right. McKinnon and Pachenko barely, barely, like barely 100, just a little over 100 yards together. Pacheco with 76. Kelsey right. was the highest one with 81 yards. Like no one emerged as like this was. This was honored for them. And it looked so easy. And in a sense, you're like, no one produced. How did they score 38 points when no one produced? But like, really, right. it's everyone produced. And they just right. didn't have to worry about it. Everyone produced enough, and that gets you enough. And even then, you get to, on the flip side, way different. Hurts, 304 yards, 100-yard receiver in Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, 96 yards. You know, it's like, right. it feels like they were just two modern offenses, but... They're very different from one another to pull off what oh, they yeah. pulled off. 
I totally agree. And if there was one game where a player from the losing team that should have won yeah. MVP, it should have been Hurts. Like yeah, he was, I agree. He was incredible. <laughs> three yeah. rushing touchdowns, 70 yards rushing, over 300 yards passing, and a passing touchdown, four total touchdowns. He was amazing and definitely outplayed Pat Mahomes. I think that's the Disneyfication uh, of the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes has kids and what? Like, I don't know if Jalen Hurts has any kids yet. I don't know if he's married yet. I don't think he is. But oh, they're not going to give the MVP to the single guy and then send him to Disney. No, they're going to give it to the family <laughs> with the kids and get the photo op in Disney World or Disneyland. I think they went to in the end. But good, good game. Like that, that's all you can ask for if the Bills aren't in it. That it's it's a good game. The question that was brought up during the Super Bowl to myself, and it was a very easy answer for me. So I want to ask you the same here, real quick, uh, before we get into Bills right. talk. Or I guess this is Bills talk considering. But before we get into our Bills talk segment, if the Bills were in the Super Bowl, and if you weren't there, obviously, if you weren't attending the game, would you watch it with a group of people or would you watch it by yourself? I thought it was very easy. Like, I would watch it by myself. If the Bills I don't think anyone would want to be Bowl, around me if the Bills were in the Super Bowl. I would absolutely. No, I, I would want to watch it with as many people as I could. Really? Provided that they're all Bills fans. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. Can't yes. have any random like I there. no no I almost would want you know like sometimes they do the game on the screens like on Chippewa and they like close the road something like oh, yes. that I think I would want really yeah I would want the camaraderie I, I would want it all I would want camaraderie I'd want hugging strangers I would want to be easily accessible <laughs> to flip cars if the unspeakable happened and the game was a success I would want all I would want all that I would have such FOMO that experience that would feel once in a lifetime that I've been waiting a lifetime for, no matter where I am, I'm going to have incredible FOMO. Yeah. So being alone would just be like the worst of it. I just think like a nervous wreck throughout the game. I'd be yelling and Mm -hmm. anxious and whatever, whatever you want to, whatever terminology you want to use. I don't know if I want people to be around me (laughs) if I'm like that. I don't know if I want them to experience that, even though we're all Bills fans, we all, fan a different way when not everyone's jumping through table type of fan not everyone is you know yelling at the tv type of fan like some people just sit and enjoy the game and our bills fans and casually just watch it like i'm trying to think of other people i guess is what i'm saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. where you want to be near other people Uh, i would i would want to be near two different mentalities i guess hopefully we get there one day tony i hope so i it'd be a good problem to have trying to figure out what we're gonna do so let me counter your question with another question. Yeah. If I may, would you go to the sure. airport? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Okay. No. Okay. I am very anti-airport. Mm, all right. I, just I don't know where like, I stand on it. First of all, there's going to be a bazillion people at the airport. If the Bills are won a Super Bowl, waiting for the team to yeah. arrive home. I would have to get yeah. there. I would literally have to leave like, before the final whistle like i don't want to go and then like see the top of like josh allen's hairline and be like oh that's pointless mm, okay. i'm going i'm going early and i'm going to be right up on the fence and i'm, I'm bringing like a, a sign setting up yeah I'm, no i'm setting up camp like like it's black friday and there's a tv as a 75 inch tv on sale for 80 bucks like i'm camping out Hours before, I'm bringing the phone and I'm watching the game there just for the off chance that they could win the game. I will be the first one on the fence at the airport. That that's how I do it, which I would never do because I I want to watch the game on like a big screen or be, so 
I just don't think it's in the cards for oh, me. Okay. All right. I will say I I went to the airport once for the Sabres. Did you leave a lot I don't of garbage? What year? Wait, what do you mean? Remember like that it's one? Mighty Ducks remember 3? That? You... No, remember the year the Bills actually broke the drought and like all the people went to the airport and just left like a ton of garbage rolling around. No. You don't remember that? No. And well, they I didn't remember. They did a new story on like part of the, narrative. the one girl who stuck around and helped clean up. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I mean, I'm not privy to the Buffalo media scene, so it's like the waste man that, but... golf tournament. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. No, I went, I went to the Sabres. airport once for the Sabres. I don't remember yeah. what year it was, but it was it was a good year. It was definitely a successful year. It wasn't a year one of the years we were like in the finals or anything. I don't think. Okay. Wait, was it? No, I don't think it was. But was it, it was 06? a really good time. It was Carolina. super fun. Yeah. I mean, I have no I doubt it would it was. be fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it was like, and I was very up close. And I like, I talked to many Sabres in that night. Oh, that's cool. It was yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, it was. It was nice. And it was, yeah, it was nice. It was cool. It was a good time. I liked it. I liked going to the airport. You saw what everyone drove. You saw who was like not in the mood the to talk and it was, you know, embracing of you. Yeah. It was, it was, to see it was what cars a good experience. Okay. All right. Well, good, good, uh, good experience. In case those listening, thinking of going to the airport one day to, to welcome the team back, Sabres or Bill. So Tony gives it his, his stamp of approval. I approve. It's definitely not for everybody because it's like logistically challenging, but I approve. Absolutely. Tony, uh, what do you say we get into our Bills talk, our end of season awards? We're doing this episode. Are you ready to send it to Marv? I think only Marv can bring me there. Let's do it. Let's do it, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Take it away. And we are back, Tony. Before we get into our end of season player awards, we got a couple of Bills moves to discuss this week. And oh. I just want to say we did it, Tony listeners. We did it. We got our guy. <laughs> the Bills this week signed safety extraordinaire Zane Anderson, the best member of the Mega Boy Band One Direction. Zane, we got him. He's ours. In Zane in the membrane. Having to get in Zane in the in mafia Zane. brain. Oh, yeah. You can't stop him. You can only hope to. Conzane him. Oh, there you go. Get off the tracks because this Zane is coming through. Two years on the Chiefs practice squad. This guy is ready. He's Super Bowl caliber (laughs) winning the Super Bowl his past year with the Chiefs. Being on the practice squad, practice squad people get considered Super Bowl winners as well. Tony, how pumped are you? Our first signing of the offseason. It's a huge one. It's a big one. This could be the offseason is truly upon us. Uh, so I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're on it. I don't know. What do you think? Like I know you're saying this in sarcasm, in pseudo sarcasm, but I kind of like I don't know it. What I honestly think I that I'm getting major cult. Well, yeah, yes, I mean, yes, and uh, mainly because I'm getting major Colt Anderson vibes from this move. And Colt Anderson was one of my well, least favorite Bills ever. Is it just because his no, last name is Anderson? Don't say it. yes. That's <laughs> okay. Well, that'll. I do thought it. you were going another way with that. But good save. Maybe he'll have the same number. Maybe. That'd be great. Maybe he'll run. Uh, yeah. He'll also run the All worst the play in NFL history. <laughs> the fake <laughs> punt when he was with the Colts. And I mean, so all the people that have their old Colt Anderson jerseys, bringing them back. Bring those hey, back out of the Big moment closet. for those people. Big moment for you he and He seems like a nice guy. Not yet. I love how that's we'll always your default. After the auction. I love how that's. A, like, we'll drag these guys in our own satirical way. 
And then you always come back, you know, but I'm sure he's a nice guy. And I tend to agree. <laughs> I like how that's the saving. Oh, he was a college argument. running back. College linebacker, I think. Was he a linebacker? He might have been both. I'm looking at the internet and the internet's telling me he was a running back. Internet ever lies. At TYU. Or I mean at BYU. BYU and TYU. Thank you, University. Transfer. Thank you, Zane Anderson, for joining the Bills. We yes, I do thank Zane Anderson for joining the Bills. Probably it's probably good. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is where he comes to find his best self, as many safeties do. That could be true. But he's probably just gonna be a nobody. You know what I was thinking? Like when I was reading up about him, like he was a former linebacker who played running back, who then converted to safety. Who was the linebacker? Was it North Dakota State? This this draft was it Troy Anderson? Who was like a linebacker, but also a running back? It, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know. I'm not familiar. I think it was Troy Anderson. I don't remember this. Is anybody named Anderson just a dual threat like this? Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Yes. Derek Anderson. Big time dual easily threat. Easily a dual threat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking. Both a threat to both a threat with his society. arm and to, to society. Yes. <laughs> yes. With his devilishly handsome good looks. Right. Uh, yeah, that was it. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that was it. So, Tony, we got our guy. Call it in. Preseason favorites, Super Bowl favorites for next year with Zane Anderson signing. The Bills also made a hire this week to their coaching staff with their new wide receivers coach, Adam Henry, former, I think most recently with the Indiana Hoosiers college football program. Uh, he was also formerly with the Giants, Cowboys, Browns. He's been around, got a track record, I think, in LSU as well before his NFL tenure yes. started. Yes. So there's two things with Adam Henry. First, he was the coach at LSU for Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. And now those rumors start to ramp up. Was this a move in hindsight to try to get Jarvis Landry, who's a free agent, Odell Beckham, who's a free agent? to the bills tony how do you feel about that what do you think is it all smoke um or is there fire yeah, with the yes smoke? no there's no fire it's all just smoke it is a black smoke billowing into the sky it is an ohio train line smoke it is not anything what's the name of the town east palestine that's it it is that i don't think they were bringing on any coaches for the purpose of enticing players i think they were bringing no. on coaches because they're good coaches. I hope so. Can it be both? Yeah, but I don't think it is okay. with this one. <laughs> okay. Or I never think it the is. The East Palestine of the coaching tree. <laughs> yeah. The other reason I wanted to talk about Adam Henry, Tony, last week we kind of gave fact to a conspiracy that we ran of a bald renaissance, if you will, in the, mm-hmm. con- in the Sean McDermott coaching staff. Out is Chad Hall. Out is, I don't even know, who was the offensive line, assistant offensive line coach? What was his name? Grizzly Adams. I don't know his name. But very hairy gentleman. I think it was Matt Waddle or something like that. Um, Chad Hall, offensive line coach, out. Immaculate hair in Joe Dana, in Al Holcomb, in Adam Henry, who, Tony, also a bald. Stop me if you heard it before. Also a bald. He's one of the balds. He's a bald. It's really Tony, crazy. Like it's it getting is, crazy. Like it, it's getting crazy is right. We're silly. We're ridiculous on this podcast, but we have crossed the line over ridiculous to now 
this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Sean McDermott is leading the bald renaissance within his own coaching staff. The facts are right there, Tony. It's happening before us. This is a this is it, no yeah. longer a conspiracy. No, I agree. Like you cannot argue with these stats. I would say, like, if you are a well-haired member of the coaching staff, you best watch out. Like, you're very worried this is right going to be a problem for you. Yeah, you should the be very, very worried hot. right now. Yes. Would it shock you if Ken Dorsey walks into OTAs completely bald? Head shaven? Head shaven. Like no, he's a, it would be for his own good. Like he's swimming in the Olympics. He's no, just completely it's, shaven. It's absolutely for his own good. Like I'm looking at it would, it would only behoove him. I am I know. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the pictures on the Bills website of the coaching staff. I tell you what, there's a few people here who they I mean they they may they have to have to keep their resume updated. They are <laughs> way too haired. I'm looking at Nick Lacey. I'm looking at Ryan Wendell, assistant offensive line. I mean, Wendell's the guy that left. He left. He's gone. Oh, he is? That's his name. Oh, I thought okay. it was Matt Waddle. It's okay. Ryan Wendell. He's gone. Yeah. Ryan Wendell, right. He's gone. Only to be replaced with a hairless. Even some of the older people. I'm Mike Shula, that's a pretty good looking hair. His hair looks kind of like mine. For his age, yeah. It's a good hair. Not to discredit your hair. It's a good being hair. your age, but Mike Shula, good no, hair. No, of course not. You know who else looks has a good figurehead of hair that I don't give enough credit for, but I am constantly watching at camp when Tony Toots camp, hashtag Tony Toots camp is Rob Horace, the tight ends coach. I really like him, but the guy is just like beaming him, testosterone in this picture. He better watch out. He better really watch out. Ken Dorsey kind of has a lot of hair right now too. I know it not in this picture, but right That's now we saying. know Ken Dorsey has a lot of hair. Not, not good on the bills. Haven't updated their coaching staff. No pictures. Who are the webmasters must be out of town. <laughs> Who could that be? Do we know him? But yes, those who have hair, best be worried, best be on alert, best have their resumes up to date, as you said, because that seat has never been hotter. The bald renaissance has begun. It is continuing. It is only growing stronger as the days go by here, Tony. I'm actually quite shocked with news coming down earlier that former Kansas City offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy noted bald was ne- the Bills weren't going to mm. swoop in and take him and let Dorsey Dorsey go. I, I was... I mean, I was I, dreaming I, of that. I think a lot of people were. And I think it, the, the bald renaissance only added fuel to that fire of, could this actually happen? Well, and behold, it didn't. <laughs> but we could dream. It did not. He it, went to... It did not. He went to the commander. But I would, I would argue that this is potentially more supporting evidence to the bald renaissance theory in the sense that Coach McDermott They're likes threatened. bald coaches. <laughs> that don't threaten him? Oh, okay, no. That McDermott <laughs> likes bald coaches. McDermott likes all the same coaches and looks for the same things that his former mentor, Ron Rivera, looks for. Yes. Okay. I like so he it. goes to like Washington. Where are going with this? Right. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm already there. I'm already there. Like, they look for You're the same there. things in coaches. Yeah. <laughs> the bald renaissance has begun, Tony. Get on board. Um, the only on other board. you're on board. I'm saying the listeners get on board because it's happening. The only other note I had was actually kind of shocking this week. I, I came out of nowhere. G Davis was arrested for domestic abuse. I did not know. I didn't even hear about this. Update me. Uh, that that was the headline. It read G Davis arrested for domestic abuse. I, I read the headline. I said, Oh no, Gabe. Why? Why our sweet Gabe? Could you do this? 
to us and deceive us. And then I read the article, Tony, and it was about boxer Gervonta Davis. But the headline said uh, G Davis. Gervonta. I thought that was very misleading. I thought that was very misleading. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Very misleading. I mean, I would say of the G Davises in sports, Gabe Davis is the most famous. Exactly. Right? Objectively, I think he is. Agree. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. Why the G? Like, the G was completely unnecessary in that headline. I guess you're right. Well, that's what they're doing. It's clickbait. They're trying to get all the Bills fans to read the article. I guarantee you that's what what it was. It got me. Got me, Tony. Another victim of the internet right here. Won't be the last. Well, that is true. Um, I mean, this so is, it's not our know. it's not our sweet Gabe Davis. Uh, don't worry, listener. In case you didn't read that headline and your jaws are on the floor a little, pick them up. We're fine. Let's move on. Uh, those are the only news and notes I had about the Bills this week. Uh, let's move on then to our end of season awards. We do preseason awards. We do in-season awards now we're going to do the end of season awards tony as always we come up with some witty if you will it's the name of the podcast we got to stick to the the theme here uh witty Mm -hmm. awards to give out to these players so let's start with my favorite award this is a repeat award tony this is the one that carries over most of them are brand new this is the one that always carries over the ruvel martin award for the player who you wish would be off the team but has remained on the team as, of course, Ruvel Martin, famous for being on the team, off the mm-hmm. team, on the team, off the team, on the team, off the team, on the team, dozens of times over. <laughs> Tony, who's the one player you wish would be off the team but remained on the team this season? Well, I can't get too witty with this one because I'm going with Bale Inspector. Oh, and okay. it's more just that I think of him as like number 53 of 53. Mm-hmm. And with all the depth problems that we had this year, like, what are we even doing Wide with receiver. this guy? Yeah, right. yeah. Secondary and even even linebacker. Like, when the linebacker corps got depleted, we just signed A.J. Brown off the street. Bale Inspector was yeah. on the team, you know? Like, so in a sense, I'm just like, so what are we doing with this roster spot that we had all these problems? We ran into nothing but problems. And then Bale Inspector is just somehow involved in spite of the fact that we ended up having to sign half the roster of the 2020 bills back anyway. Right. And had to have them like catch up. Wouldn't it have been better just to not have Balen Spectre on the team and to maintain and to maintain the team. I mean, I guess hindsight is 2020. We didn't know what positions were going to be suffer the major injuries, but for that right. reason, I'm going with Balen Spectre. Tony, you were getting mad at a seventh round pick, not playing, being a healthy scratch. Let me one-up you and say, and this isn't my pick, but I want to get your thoughts. What if I told you there was a third-round linebacker that got equally no playing time? <laughs> Would that make you more mad or less mad? The Terrell Bernard pick is looking worse and worse by the day. Bernard? Um, I know. Bernard. I almost I considered putting Bernard. Terrell Bernard. I considered putting Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard? I considered putting Terrell Bernard. Bernard? <laughs> Because I, 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 can, I can get behind like you with exactly I can get behind you with the bail inspector thing, because it's like, what are we doing here? If Edmonds is a pending free agent, AJ Klein signed off the streets. Terrell Dodson is a pending restricted free agent. Literally the only guy under contract next year. 
And it's in hopes that you cut Matikiewicz because he costs way too much for a special teams player, which I think they'll end up doing or restructuring or whatever. The only guy really under contract that is a starting level caliber player is Matt Milano going into next mm-hmm. year. It's all you need. Like, wouldn't you? Some would say I would be one. Mm-hmm. Matt Milano's amazing. But wouldn't you want to sprinkle these guys in and see what you have? Terrell Bernard. When he was sprinkled in was bad, so we kind of got a glimpse there of what I'm thinking was a complete waste of a pick at this point because the thing is, like, he didn't get enough volume to really judge him on if he was good or bad, but the things he was supposed to be good at coming out of college, speed, see ball, get ball, and, and speed and coverage, but he wasn't good at those. Against second string, third string, fourth string guys during the preseason, it didn't translate to the regular season as well. Like, his game didn't magically get better because the the stakes got higher during the regular season he was still very bad in the few snaps he saw this regular season but like a guy like bale inspector wouldn't you want to sprinkle him in a little see what you have and at least assess for next year because if you don't have anything then you know and you you can plan accordingly yeah and get the reps i mean i'm not one to think like that does of put someone in to see what you have because i think your perception of what you have is very subjective to the time because I think players, you know, develop. But I certainly think that there's no harm. You know, I, I think every rep is a huge part of that development. So just to kind of ignore their place is just insane and nonsensical. They're part of the team. Get it, get it going. Get it done. Get them on the field. Otherwise, why are they on the team? Like, you have to build this team. I agree with you. Like, we, we should be peppering them in, seeing how it goes. And I think that all they discovered by not doing it, or all it seems to me that they discovered by not doing it, is that, if they're not putting them in because the likes of Terrell Bernard is too small and or too light, so there's only certain situations he can go in for, it seems like there is right. no situation he can go in for. <laughs> what is the situation you're looking for? <laughs> to be up 40 points. Yeah, just get it in there. I mean, I don't understand. So Yeah, I don't get it either. That's a good pick. That's, that's why they get the award. That's why they get the award. Uh, my choices for the Ruvel Martin Award is a very easy one. As, as listeners of this podcast know, uh, it's a guy I consistently have beef with and that is Taiwan Jones. He's on mm-hmm. the team. I don't want him Saw on the team. Coming. Why is he on the team? <laughs> Saw that one coming. Let's go through the Taiwan Jones season highlights to justify his his roster spot. I have three marked down as highlights. Fumbles the opening kickoff against the Steelers as we mentioned last week, putting the Bills in a tumultuous situation to start the game. Week 18 against the Patriots gets blocked into a dead ball punt which put the Patriots right back in the game late in the game. And then Third, and definitely not least, but it might be most terrible, he was part of the terrible Deion Dawkins sing-along videos every week. <laughs> Those are the three major highlights of Taiwan Jones' season. So tell me why he is on the team. Because he's a good guy? I agree. But we're not going to there. And he's good. It's and he's not. a good gunner. Is he? Is he? I just gave you... It, one of his three highlights was him not being a good gunner. Well, that's one occasion. Anecdotal evidence... They don't get a lot of occasions to be a good gunner. They get maybe a handful. His hit rate is not good for being a good gunner. If anybody's a good gunner, it's Saran Neal. Saran Neal is another very good gunner. I agree. Yes. Much better than who he lines up opposite from in Taiwan Jones. So easy one for me. Taiwan Jones gets my Ruvel Martin award. All right. Don't watch out of the team. Get out of here. <laughs> Give him the trophy. Tony, Keeps the next death. award. Nope, definitely not. I always think about that. It's like if we ask a guy on, a player on... And say they listen, like, well, they understand this is like all satirical and jokey. And, and I always wonder that. 
Or they'd be like, man, those guys are real a-holes. <laughs> Moving on to our next award, Tony, we're calling this one the Zay, as in the Zay Jones. And that's the player who you wouldn't want to be stuck in a hotel with. Of course, Zay Jones famous for his hotel antics for his rookie here. Uh-huh. Dangerous antics that, that, that they were. Uh, but who is the one player on the Bills that you would not want to be stuck in a hotel with. It doesn't need to be a player. We can we can do coaching staff as well if you uh if you wanted to throw an audible out there, Tony. Who was your well, choice man, though? I'm glad you said that because my choice is not a player. My choice is the Bills DJ Nicholas Piccolis. <laughs> Perfect. We all, Unanimous. We winner. all know. Yeah, we all know. Everyone of our generation knows from anyone who took a school bus. The early 2000s knows Nicholas Piccolis and his personality quite well. The days of Kiss 98.5 and his level of banter and his style of banter. For me, I don't need that in a hotel room. I don't need to be in close quarters with that. And I certainly don't need every blunder to be counteracting a hotel room because you know Nicholas Piccolis. He's a little heavy on the trigger. He's a little trigger happy on that train horn. I don't need every blunder to happen in a hotel to be met with. Every 10 seconds. He's too train horn obsessed. I don't need that. I need to relax no, in my hotel. Needs- Get Nicholas Piccolis out of here. Every time me and my friends went to Sky Bar <laughs> back in the day. Of course, the bar in the sky. We, we, the bar in the sky. The bar in the sky. We, we would get up there, be ready to have a good time. And immediately <laughs> when the DJ started talking and hitting his promo and pumping himself up, DJ Nicholas Piccolis here at Sky Bar, like, the biggest eye roll from the group could be felt throughout. <laughs> like, oh, it's Nicholas Piccolis tonight. Oh, this is the one. No, no more deflating moment of going out in my early 20s than hearing Nicholas Piccolis as the DJ at Skybar. Mm-hmm. Completely took the wind out of I our know. sails. I wouldn't be excited either. Like, cool. Know. We're going to listen to some Hannah Montana, I guess. <laughs> good, good pick there. Tony, I also went with a non-player just because if I learned anything from any horror movie ever, you don't want to be in a hotel with a psycho, Tony. Oh, okay. In shower, uh-huh. not in a hotel named after a person with the last name Bates, not in uh, The Shining, which I think was a hotel, right? <laughs> any yes. horror movie ever that involves a hotel, you don't want to be in it because there's a psycho in there. Tony, who is the the main psycho on the bills? Our offensive ca- coordinator. Not not my words, the players' words. His words. Themselves. His words himself, Ken Dorsey. I do not want to be stuck in a hotel with Ken Dorsey. I do not want to be stuck in a hotel with a psycho. Nope. He's a psychopath. He's a he psychopath. likes to think he's not too much of a psychopath, but he is. I would just be dodging tablets left and right that are being thrown at me <laughs> like he's like he's Richie Incognito at a gym throwing weights at the FBI agents. I would, would love be to just see scary. Here's the pitch, Matt. I would love to see like yeah, a Saturday pitch. morning cartoon, Bill's style, Bill's themed. And yeah. it's Bill's people that have that are either superheroes or supervillains, but with weaponry and powers and stuff based on, you know, like the events like that. Like Dorsey is like a supervillain. He's slings tablets okay. out there like they're boomerangs. Captain Boomerang. Uh, Captain Tablet. <laughs> right. Captain Tablet. He's Captain Tablet. He's Ken Dorsey, gonna win take it your offense down to zero. <laughs> yeah, gonna take your right. I guess. What are some other ones? <laughs> Bill superheroes uh, if they become superhero characters. I mean, Josh I always is thought the main like, character, main hero. This would be oh, a good save oh, for a podcast. I always thought like Sean McDermott would be 
there's a character in comic books called the leader and he just has like a giant bald head and i'm like that's sean mcdermott because he's oh yeah like that yeah like that yeah yeah i get that i have a yeah. stefan diggs has like some like can like release floss or like does things with floss well, like a spider-man kind of deal but with floss yeah like a spider-man floss thing i guess yeah in some yeah. way right josh allen has the like robotic arm yeah like a robot cannon arm of course that's like yeah, too obvious of course like mega man but he also ha- he also yeah. has like Gillette razors that are flying around. <laughs> like he's on, like he's in the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and he drives a Westerner supercar. <laughs> yes, Ken Dorsey is is my pick. Tony, real quick, what do you need to see from Ken Dorsey next year to maybe not just Ken Dorsey, but maybe just Ken Dorsey and this offense to regain your trust in Ken Dorsey? Mm, d- diversity, I guess. Okay, I just want to see always, like always important in the I NFL. Think that we, yeah, but yeah, I guess. But like, <laughs> I, I think that when I'm seeing, like when I watch the Super Bowl is like, man, there's like every type of play, both these teams just do it and it works. Yeah. And I think Ken Dorsey doesn't think every type of play will work, but we're at a level that we should be doing that. So just right. like get it done. Just like, so I, I want to see more diversity, a wider range of play types in the, in the play calling good, and good more, call. uh, more home runs. More home runs. We need more home runs. We need more giant plays yeah. that are low efficiency and low success rate. We need more of those for sure. Uh, it goes. It goes for me. One word: creativity. I just need to see. Yeah. Some iota of a modern offense. I always in the in the three Dolphins matchups this year. I praise Mike McDaniel because even though I might not like the guy, I kind of like the guy actually. He he is a he's a bit of a weirdo, mm. which is fine. But I am super jealous of his offense because he runs tons of pre-snap motion, tons of crossing routes, things that modern offenses do that we saw those offenses do in the Super Bowl. They just play to their strengths. It never seems like a struggle for those guys. I, I just need to see some creativity, some modernization, and some some game plan. It never seemed like Ken Dorsey had a game plan. Mm. His game plan was always well, Josh is awesome, so he's gonna he's gonna make it work no matter what. I, I don't know. Like I watch the Eagles and I watch them run Hurts and do these creative things with Hurts. Hey, Josh Allen might not be as athletic as Jalen Hurts, but I mean he could he could do that stuff. He could do Jalen Hurts esque stuff. He's he's a dual threat quarterback. I think you could classify yeah. Josh Allen as a dual threat. So let's let's get a little creative with the offense next year, Ken. Let's year two. Let's take it up a notch here. Tony, our next award is going to our favorite tandem of Buffalo Bills lore, the Ryan Brothers, the Ryan Award, or the Ryan's Award, I should say. But the player who you would trust the most to ride a tandem bike with, the player who wouldn't steer you wrong, maybe. The player that might have your back in a random bar fight in Nashville, Tennessee. Tony, who was the one player that you in Nashville. put the most okay. trust? It was in Nashville <laughs> that they got in a bar. All right, go on. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> who's the one? <laughs> it's fast. Who's the one player that you trusted the most on the Bills this year? Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. That's not how I took it. Exactly. I guess how I took did it you more take literal it? in the sense of, well, I took it more literal in the sense of like, who do I trust just to like step up and be the bro? when I need someone to back me up in a bar fight or to tandem bike ride with me down the canal path on Lake Erie. Okay. Let's take it that way. And my answer, my answer basically is the same. I thought at first there's a definitive answer and I'm wondering if you're going to take it, uh, but I'm not going to take, it. I'm going to say Mitch Morse. 
Oh, okay. That's not who I took. So Mitch Morris. You're in the you're okay. in the clear. Well, no, no. I don't know. That's not who I think the definitive answer is. Oh. Okay. I'm not taking the definitive answer, but I'm not taking the obvious answer. Uh I am taking Mitch Morris. Mitch Morris, very emotionally intelligent man, smart. Tandem bike, what do you need? Low center of gravity. That's Mitch Morse for sure. <laughs> Athletic Absolutely. enough to handle the bike. That's Mitch Morse for sure. Wants what's best for everybody. That is Mitch Morse. Consummate teammate. Good company. It's everything you want in a tandem bike partner. Calls calls out defenses. He does like he call, would out, call out people he, he that reads, are, might might be running yeah. into your bike path lane, making adjustments. Can, exactly. On the fly. Reads reads the situation in front of you yep. and make and makes those kinds of adjustments, can plan ahead, sees the whole thing slowly. It's Mitch Morse. Who are you taking on your bike ride? This one was actually pretty easy for me. I, I kind of had the same mentality as you of if I'm riding a tandem bike, I need a player with a strong lower body, strong legs, if you mm-hmm. will, to power the bike. And this person happens to just be uh, also be reliable as well. I'm going with our kicker, Tyler Bat. Oh, it's really great. Him in crunch rider. time. It's probably a great bike mm-hmm. rider. Like I said, strong legs, but he doesn't steer you wrong. We can always trust him in clutch situations. How many close games did he help us win this year with some clutch kicks? He was 12 for 14 on kicks 40 plus yards this year. Very clutch. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. Tyler Bass, I have a lot of trust in him. I did from the start. Never worried about him. So he would be the player that I would trust the most to have my back that wouldn't steer me wrong to... Be the anchor, the commander, the leader on the tandem bike for two with me and him. I think this is a great pick. And he seems Good like choice. someone who would be like tandem tandem bike kind of guy. Yeah, he wouldn't like be like, uh, this thing's goofy. No, he'd be yeah. like, let's go. So, yeah, he's like in the sunshine. I could picture him in like a like a neon romper, ready <laughs> yes. to ride a tandem bike, with, like do stuff like with that. His, with his one eye black, like he's Nelly. Yeah, 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 of course. Totally yeah. <laughs> yes, Tyler Bass, easy pick for me. So I want to move on to our next award. I'm calling this one the public enemy because we shouldn't believe the hype, as public enemy famously stated. Don't believe the hype. Who is the player that you had hyped for, you had ex- were excited about that just didn't live up to it? Who are you giving this award to? Hype surrounding this person. I'm giving my public enemy award to Elliot Aaron Fromm. <laughs> Was that Jake Fromm's mom? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish. Nope. Elliot Aaron Fromm is the speed painter that was a part of the halftime entertainment at the Bengals game. Didn't live up to the hype for you? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. You're, you're telling me you're going to pull out all the stops. It's the biggest game of the year. It's destiny to be fulfilled in this game. Everyone all season, and by everyone I mean me, is just doing nothing but complaining about how we're sick of the stampede and everything, and halftime needs to bring it. The week prior to that, what did they give us? They gave us Frisbee dogs. So then in this one, Kyle, yeah, of course, of course, very pro Frisbee dog. So then in this one, what ends up being the final game, they say, all right, everybody, hang on to your wigs and keys. Because the halftime entertainment is rocking and rolling. Nope. It's not Damar Hamlin from the booth, even though we're now seeing him live for the first time. It's we're going to watch a man paint <laughs> in the snow. 
<laughs> and while he's painting, Kyle Brandt is going to scream at us and eat a chicken wing to make it even remotely tolerable. Oh, I didn't think that game could have got worse. And you just you just painted a picture for me of how it could have got worse. And it did. Well, the painting went up for charity auction. $50 increments uh, were expected and it went for $600. I looked it up. That's it. But the journey of getting there of the speed painter at halftime as the big blowout halftime entertainment in this huge game, Elliot Aaron from you think the hype could be there. What halftime would have more hype than that one. And that's what they drop Eddie. on us. Elliot Aaron wow. from renowned speed painter. The painting was pretty nice actually, but I didn't need to be on the journey to see it being the triangles. <laughs> oh yeah. The triangles. Oh, I didn't know about this. Thank you for, uh, me watching for your that. Is like, Stuck on sign is like stuck on the triangles. Like every time I say just play Seinfeld on my streaming services, it just goes straight to triangles. Like it thinks I'm always on that episode. It's a glitch. Right. Anyway, yeah, that's who Public Enemy is. Elliot Aaron from the Speed Painter. I don't even want to give my choice now or my recipient (laughs) because I feel like that is that that's the winner. This from painter from more like fraud. If I say so myself, it sounds like. Oh. Yeah. What are they doing? By the way, since you brought him up, kind of sick of okay. Kyle Brand. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's kind of a one-trick pony with his relationship with the Bills, I think. He's from Chicago. Grew up yeah. a Bears fan. So, but like, you can't just, although many people have, you can't just jump on the bandwagon here. And like, since Kyle Brand has become like a quote-unquote Bills Mafia member, has anything really gone right for this team? No, I can't say that it has. I would say his influence is more negative than positive. I, Kay I Adams so. isn't even on the show anymore. Unrelated, no, but maybe. Oh, don't get me started. What a mistake that was. Tell me about it. Unbelievable. Uh, my choice so, would have been before I learned about this. I was going to say average painter, but like coming from a person who is like terrible at Pictionary, I don't know if I can even say people who have average talents are average because he's, he's probably a very good painter. But uh, for a halftime show, yes, I, I can't imagine... Speed painting would would bring bring the excitement, especially at halftime of a game where people were probably pretty down for how the team was. Performing. No, we were very down. <laughs> yeah, I it was just the worst the... timing for that man. I know. I feel so bad for him, even though I wasn't there. I yeah, retroactively feel bad for him. Uh, my choice was going to be uh, in terms of don't believe the hype. Naheem Hines. I thought that was an easy one. I thought mm-hmm. he was going to be our. I guess I guess I compare would have compared to be like a Tony Pollard, like a super good backup who could be a starting caliber player in this league. Right. Who who was very good for the Colts? Who had some highlight real plays for the Colts? Naheem Hines ended his 2022 season with with the Buffalo Bills with six rushing attempts and five receptions. That was pretty good on returns, as we saw week 18, the, the game after the DeMar Hamlin incident and how electric and energizing that those kickoff returns for touchdowns were. But when we traded for him, I was just hoping and thinking we'd get so much more. And it just it reached almost Reggie Bush levels of bad for Naheem Hines as a bill uh, in terms of offensive production. So I was mildly hyped i wouldn't say super super might be an overreach mildly hyped for naheem hines and what he could do and whether it was dorsey not being able to utilize him right or in the correct way or hines having trouble learning the playbook like who knows what it is but he's under contract for another year 
going into next year, him and Cook are your lead two-headed monster in the backfield. I, I'd like to see Naheem Hines be utilized quite a bit more because when I got when he got the ball, I thought he was for the few times, the times I can count on a, a single hand, pretty much when he got the ball. I thought he was pretty dynamic for the most part. So hopefully he gets utilized in the offense a little more going into next year. But the hype this year, not there for Naheem Hines. So Tony, our last witty award before we get into two actual awards. The Royal, as in the Robert Royal, not the sandwich, the Royal, the Royale with cheese. The Robert Royal, as in our opening, famously quoted, saying, Marshawn is a fresh of breath air. One of my favorite quotes ever from a bill. Not quite sure if it was on purpose or not. I don't think it was. That's teach their own. Tony, who was your fresh of breath air this year? Who surprised you the most? Was maybe the most stable? Who who was your fresh of breath air on the Bills this season? You know, I, I really struggled with this award because I thought no one was really of fresh of breath air. Uh, okay. Everyone was just like, as predicted or a disappointment and like no one was like oh but and actually now that i say it maybe there were some defensive players that could have done it but still none of them compare to the breath of fresh air or the fresh of breath air that i received inhaling on a cold winter's day when i watched this go <laughs> this this ath- when i watched this athletic performance because i have to give this award to the person in the crowd who threw the snowball at the Miami game and hit a helmetless Raekwon Davis right in the back of the head, really <laughs> pissing him off. When I watched that whole thing that transpire, all... oh, I was just ascended to a new level. It was amazing. Not all and that was a breath capes, of fresh so... air to see that. Not all <laughs> heroes do wear capes. Some of them just throw snowballs at Dolphins' heads. Oh, man, I can still see the look on that little fucker's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it really it's brought every a lot time. of joy to everyone who watched it. Yep, it really brought a lot of joy. Really sparks some uh, joy, and it was just a there, breath of fresh air. If you're out there, guy, kudos to you. <laughs> yep, yep. Your will be in the mail. I thought this was an easy one for me as well. I picked, hopefully, future guests of the show, the big man in the middle, Daquan Jones. Yeah, good one. Came in good one. before the season started when we signed him. We are quoted on this podcast as saying, like, he could be the most important signing of this offseason. And that was a lot of... A lot of onus to put on a single person, but he lived up to it. Like he was, he was a breath of fresh air because he's everything I wanted in a in a one technique that Starla Tule wasn't that we have been pining for for so long. He was he was excellent all year. Like probably one of the more once Vaughn went down, the more consistent players on that defensive line, the defensive front four. It's a shame he got hurt for that Bengals game. I would have loved to see how. He would have made a difference um, if he would have made a difference to that Bengals game. But I, I just thought like for as excited as we were in the offseason, for as hyped as we were in the offseason about the signing and what he could be and what he could bring, he definitely lived up to it. So not having that player, that kind of player during this regime, that one technique, that run stuffer that could also get in the backfield and collapse pockets and things. That was Daquan Jones. So he, to me, was a, a fresh of breath air because it's somebody we never had. He had a career high this year in QB hits. He was great. He was great. I agree. Every time he was on the line, like he showed up. And it showed that the talent level had risen on the line, especially, and obviously he was the only new person on the line, but yeah, he was he was really good. He really got the job done. And it was a fresh of breath air away from Star, for sure. Because right. 
Yeah, he was. It was great. If I was going to choose a player and make a real pick, I think I would go in that direction too. The only other person that crossed my mind was to say Milano, who is always really, really good. But man, he was just like lights out insane this year. So like that was the yes. only fresh of breath air that I, the only other one I had considered. That have been a very good pick as well. Uh, very good pick as well. Mm-hmm. Tony, let's real quick wrap it up here on our end of season awards. Two real awards. Who would you give your defense and offensive MVP to? Offense, I think it's clear as day. I'm sure you have the same one. It is Joshua Patrick Allen. Savior, um, the franchise, yes. Yes, he carries the offense. On defense, I I had it down to three players, and I'm going to give it to Von Miller. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And- Considering he's hurt the final quarter of the season. I'm surprised you didn't give it to Matt Milano. I think that was the uh, easy choice. He was one of the he was one of the three. Is the Matt Milano yours? Who was the third? Was it Poyer? Poyer was the third. Yes. Okay, that it makes was, sense. Yeah, I was really Matt Milano was mine. Them. Yeah, I don't know. Just when our defense had Von Miller on it, it was just different. Just like everything was different. The pressure was different, <laughs> and yeah. pressure resonates to every facet of defense. So right. it's tough because it's like yeah, but like we were still winning games after Von Miller got hurt, but. I still had same. to, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't the same. I had to do it. And I mean, we did not win games per se when Poyer was in there. So that made me feel like I'm supposed to give it to Poyer. But I don't know. I mean, Poyer is no, not it's, Von Miller. It's a good gave, point. So I'm giving it to Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of trickles down from being able to generate a pass rush, right? Whether you can. Yeah, yeah. Makes it makes playing the secondary in the secondary easier. It makes the linebacker's job easier. And when Von Miller went down, the whole dynamic of that defense changed completely. Uh, we see that in the pressure rates going from fourth to twenty seventh. So it, it, it's a it's a good pick because even though it wasn't a full season, even though we didn't get all of Von Miller this year, when he was in there, like he was a difference maker because he could generate a pass rush, and he it was mm-hmm. it was the same as when like we brought we first brought Stefan Diggs on, and I said not only are we getting a great player who can produce and execute and be effective and whatnot, but we're getting a player that causes a trickle down effect of like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Now their number one has to go against digs, which leaves room for John Brown or whoever to have a better season opens things up for Cole Beasley, things like that. Like there's just this trickle down effect throughout the offense. I had the same feeling with Von Miller, like, okay, now there's a guy that can consistently generate a pass rush that you have to account for that. You have to game plan for week after week. And it's just going to trickle down into these other guys benefiting from that. And we saw that with Greg Rousseau. I think we saw that with Daquan Jones. Like, good players in their own right, of course, as we've mentioned before on this podcast. But, like, Vaughn just has that presence about him that I, I think makes makes the defense as a whole better just from having him in there. So it's, it's a very appropriate pick, despite not playing the whole year. That's what I'm saying. Thank you for proving my point. You're, You're welcome. really making your own pick look dumb. <laughs> but Mamuano was really good this year, as you mentioned. Yeah, All yes, pro he was. Over. Yes, he was. And this was this was the year that throughout Mamuano's career, it's always been. Yeah, he's he's flashed. He's really good, but you know, hurt more than we'd like him to be, obviously. But this year, he played a full year and he played at a high level all year. Not many mistakes out there, week after week, from our star linebacker. And I gave my offensive to Josh as well, just because Josh is Josh. Like he's yeah, just incredible. Yeah. And what he was able what he what he was able to do this year with having 
a new offensive coordinator with having a what I would say a, de- a depleted offensive line. You, I, th- I think the offensive line got worse this year with the additions of mm-hmm. Roger Saffold. I thought Deion Dawkins took a step back. Mitch Morris was in and out of lineup with concussions, and um, Spencer Brown took a step back. I thought this year. So despite that, Josh again continued to to produce and amaze and whatever else however else you want to describe what josh does also with the kind of a unexpectedly poor group of weapons for him stefan mm-hmm. Diggs is stefan Diggs. he's amazing but gabe davis didn't live up to the wide receiver number two that we all hoped for isaiah mckenzie didn't live up to the, the slot receiver that we hoped him to be so you know josh had to compensate for that as well and he just did a um masterful job but despite those things he was still amazing and he's still he's still josh like he's just he's MVP. every week that make your jaw drop he's he's our uh-huh. offensive mvp it's it's not a it's not a hard choice in in this part so tony that's our end of season awards listeners hope you agree we'll put them on twitter give us your thoughts let us know who you would give your awards to tony what do you say we take a break get word in for our sponsor come back finish up with a little end of season one Seinfeld. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm glad. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Listeners, we'll be back after the break and a word from our sponsor, Traveling Growler. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. And we are back, listeners. Let's wrap up the episode. Before we get into our send off or outro, let's bring back our one Seinfeld segment. This, is, of course, is the segment where we pick a quote from our favorite show, Seinfeld. It's in the title of the segment, people. Come on, keep up. Where we pick a quote from Seinfeld to describe how we feel about the Bills, Buffalo Sports. This one specifically for the Bills in the end of the season as we wrap up here and look ahead to 2023 and the offseason. Tony, would you like to do honors or would you like me to go first? Uh, I will go first as I have been the entire episode. I'm ready to okay. go. So... Wow. Cocky. <laughs> Arrogant. All right. So go my right ahead. quote comes from George and Kramer. Okay. And it's a great quote because I love, for some reason, I think in Seinfeld and in life, funny things become 10 times funnier when they're shouted from another room. And my quote is, my quote is George saying, you got your girlfriend doing your laundry for you? And Kramer says from the bathroom, he's sleeping with his maid. And that's how I feel about the bills. It's sort of a identity crisis. It's sort of a confusion. Do we have a girlfriend doing our laundry for us or are we sleeping with the maid? Is she, is it the girlfriend making the bed or is it the maid making the bed? Who took the nap? What's going on here? It's an identity crisis that we're in and we need to sort of find, we need to, you know, we need to find our way back again, especially on offense. I like it. I like it. Are we paying these guys to be the the maid maid or the girlfriend? Yeah, right. Are we sleeping with the maid or is our girlfriend doing our laundry for us? What's going on? I like it. The bill's definitely in an identity crisis. Going into this offseason, uh, feels like a lot of changes need to be made coaching wise, personnel wise. We'll see hair versus baldness wise. Hair versus baldness. <laughs> yes. We'll see if they happen. Maybe not wholesale changes, but we'll see if the, the mentality, the approach, the strategy changes 
from these players and coaches. Uh, great one. Identity crisis is 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 definitely fitting for where the Bills are as we end the 2022 season here. I picked one that involves George as well. I go to season eight, episode 21, titled The Muffin Tops. Mm-hmm. Classic episode. George and Jerry to you. speaking. <laughs> Top of the muffin to you. George and Jerry are speaking regarding the... Is she a travel planner that George meets? Oh, the woman from the visitor center? Yes, the from the visitor center. New that City, George meets New York at, City Visitor Center, yeah. Yes, that she thinks that George, the city will eat him alive if he ever moves here. Right. Uh, George and Jerry are talking in Jerry's apartment, and George, as I quote, says, you know, if you take everything I've ever done in my entire life and condense it down into one day, it looks decent. It looks decent. Mm-hmm. It looks decent. And Tony, I pick this quote because a lot of hate going on about the bills even on this podcast about the direction the team's going how the window's closing how teams are catching up how we're falling behind how we're, we haven't gone about building our roster the right way all this stuff all this negativity mcdermott should be fired stefan diggs wants a trade like all this stuff but if you take everything under the bean and mcdermott regime and condense it down, it's pretty good. Like consistently playoffs, mm-hmm. consistently being a contender, consistently having an MVP level quarterback and a roster that many say is, is the best on paper and the most talented. And if you compare it to where we were before this current regime, it looks way, way better than anything that ever happened during the drought. As I mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of weeks ago, for all the people that want Sean McDermott fired, Look at the past five coaches before McDermott. Tell me how many playoff games. It's a big fat zero. That's what I'm saying. Tony. It's hard to it's hard to hit on a coach. So don't mess right. it up when you so get one. We we got a good one. Let's let's take it easy. So if you condense everything that Bean and McDermott have done, that the players during this era have done, it looks pretty good. It looks decent, as George said. So that is that is my quote. Nailed it. Great quote. Great quote in Not general. Aside good. from the Bills, yes, could be applied to. Uh, to one's life as well. Absolutely. Tony, what do you say we wrap up the episode? Put it in a box, put a bow on it. Put a bow on Market it. Market guaranteed. <laughs> Thank you as always to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Support local, shop local, travelinggrowler.com. Check them out. Where to find the podcast? Oh, t-shirt store. T-shirt store. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Google search Teespring Witty Not Funny. You'll find us first result that pops up. Check out the store. Crewnecks, T-shirts, tanks for the summer. It's the wet weather hopefully gets warmer soon here. Hoodies, all colors, all sizes. We got everything. Cool designs. Be the talk of your next Bills event, draft watch party, whatever it happens to be. Free agent celebrating free agent signing party get a t-shirt support the podcast get a piece of apparel support the podcast from our podcast store tespring.com what are you not funny where to find the podcast you can find the podcast on the built of buffalo podcast network itunes spotify wherever you're fine podcasts are listened to for free search built in buffalo search what are you not funny if you like us subscribe leave us a review show us some love we always like to say whether you give us two hours or two minutes of your time we greatly appreciate it and we truly do mean that you're listening hope you enjoyed the episode come back next week can't guarantee it'll be better but we'll, we'll try promise you we'll try <laughs> check out the podcast spotify itunes built in buffalo 
Uh, Twitter handles, Tony, where can listeners find you? At Tony Ambrose. It's my name. Tony Ambrose. That's a name. Short, sweet, simple. You can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716. Twitter, Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports, Facebook page, TikTok as well. We'll be doing more video content, social media stuff. We got some ideas this year. Uh, trying to try to grow this thing a little, if you will. But uh, follow us on all platforms. We love following back. We love connecting with Buffalo sports community out there. So give us a follow. We'll follow right back. Uh, send off for the listeners. Tony, what do you got? Go Sabres. Go Sabres. It's the middle of February. They're right in the thick it's of the their playoff time. race. We mm-hmm. haven't been there in a while at this point in time of the season. They got 27-ish games left, something like that. So hopefully they can make a run. It would be great to have excitement deep into the season for once with Sabres. Uh, and they're they're exciting to watch. They're fun. They're young. For sure. Mm-hmm. They're young and fun. Love them. Love this team. Uh, love great them. team. Love a good. Super love, fun. Love, a, love the Sabres. Uh, as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Go XFL. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.